welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Technically Speaking, where we delve into the various aspects of technology as they relate to careers and professional development. Today, we're focusing on creating an impressive personal website. So whether you're a contractor or an entrepreneur seeking clients, or a job seeker who wants to boost your job search, or even a happily employed individual who simply wants to display their work, developing a personal website is a good option. So to learn more about this subject, we're speaking with Aaron Greenewald. Aaron is the editor for TheMuse.com, a website that offers job searching and career-related articles written by experts around the country. Thanks so much for joining me today, Aaron. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching out to me. First of all, when we're talking about personal websites and how they relate to careers, how would you say that having a personal website can help boost your career? No, I really think about a personal website like your real estate on the web. So having, you know, a page at a URL that's yourname.com, even if it's just a very simple page, mm-hmm. does so many different things for you. You know, if if you're a job seeker, it can help set you apart from other applicants when you're applying. But even if you're not, you know, it allows you to own what shows up when people Google your name. It gives you a space to share your story and your experience and, you know, tie together different aspects of yourself and define your personal brand, which can be hard to show sometimes on a resume or, mm-hmm. or on other places where you represent yourself. It gives people a more kind of multimedia and dynamic view of who you are than many other other ways that you show yourself off. And it's just really an impressive way for people to find you and to learn more about you. you know, since I launched my site back in the fall, I, I'm not a job seeker, mm-hmm. obviously, but since I launched my site back in the fall, I've had recruiters reach out to me about jobs. I've gotten connected with people looking for freelance work or to collaborate. I've even gotten a few podcast requests or a request to speak as an expert, kind of like this, yeah. just because my site is out there in the world. So now I'm assuming that people from all different careers can benefit from having their own website, but are there certain professions that maybe benefit even more than others? Yeah, I definitely think if you're in a visual, creative, or kind of project-based field, Mm -hmm. it's almost non-negotiable to have a a personal site like this that kind of serves as a, a virtual portfolio of your work. So you know, if you're a designer, you want to have somewhere that's showing off your design abilities. As a writer, I, I think it's very important that I have a place to collect my writing samples. Mm-hmm. Or if you're an engineer, you know, having somewhere where you can show off projects you've worked on is really, really powerful. That being said, I think people in any field can really reap those benefits from a personal site. You know, anyone can value from having a place where people can learn more about them. If you're collecting the best of yourself, it can really never hurt you. Right. So then diving in a little bit to, I wanted to discuss your article on themuse.com, which was six things you should put on your personal website and six things to avoid at all costs. So for listeners who are hoping to develop a personal website or maybe they have one and they want to update it, I thought that these six things would be great for us to go through. And the first one that you had listed was that you want to include your elevator pitch, but you want to avoid your life story. So what would you say is the importance of your elevator speech on your website? To be perfectly honest, very few people are going to spend a long time exploring your personal website, Mm -hmm. especially if we're talking about 
job seeking or recruiters or anything like that, they just don't have a lot of time. So you want to give them a quick kind of less than a minute overview of the most important things to know about yourself. And so what would be the key components, those most important things that you would want to include? Yeah, so I think a good place to start is what I call the what and the why, which is what do you do and why do you do it? For example, I write because I think content has the power to really spread ideas, make people happy, and make major change. And this immediately gives people both, you know, just the quick and dirty, here's what I do, and kind of elicits an emotional response in them about, you know, here's why I do it, here's kind of what I'm trying to do in the world. And that's really powerful. And then you can dive into a little more detail about, you know, your work history, which could include major companies you've worked for, projects that you're most proud of, things like that. And then you should also try in your elevator pitch to include a little personality. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want people to know about you and to like you. And so this could be by kicking off with a little humor or ending by sharing, you know, kind of a weird side hobby or, or some of your other passions that are outside of the, you know, core circle of what you do. And I would imagine that it would give you a way to be a little more creative than, as you said, on your resume, you kind of need to be cut and dry. Whereas on your personal website, you can kind of include that humor and include the personality. Absolutely. I think when you're, when you're writing your elevator pitch, you should make sure to read it aloud to yourself and think, is this something that I would actually say? Does this sound like me speaking? And that's a really quick way to see, is this elevator pitch have my personality in it? So where on your website would you recommend placing this information? Should it be right on the main page or should it be on a different tab? And then how long should it be, roughly? I definitely think it should be, you know, the first thing people see when they come to your website on the homepage. I think of the homepage on personal websites as kind of a a summary of you. So you want to think about it, you know, if people came to your site and only read that one homepage, what would you want them to take away? And then I think in terms of length, you know, a few paragraphs is good. Again, if someone only spent a minute reading it, you want them to be able to get the major takeaways. So then the second thing that you had mentioned about developing your personal website is that you want to include examples of your best work, but you also want to avoid posting every piece of work you've ever done. So what would you say are some ideas of work samples that people could feature on their website? You know, if you work kind of, again, in those visual or project-based fields, it's kind of obvious. You know, you show examples of your work or writing samples, things like that. But even if you're not in an especially visual field, you absolutely can and should show off your work. So, for example, if you're in marketing, maybe you could include descriptions of campaigns you ran or examples of events that you helped put on and photos from those events. Or if you're in sales or business development, you could talk about some of the companies you've sold to or from or give some idea about your sales numbers. Obviously, with any of this, you want to avoid kind of giving away anything proprietary. But, you know, no matter what you do, there are definitely opportunities for you to, to share the things that you've worked on, even if it's just, you know, short paragraphs describing different projects that you completed. And you had touched on this before, but when recruiters or companies are coming to your website, usually they're probably not going to have a lot of time to look at all of your content. So I would imagine that would be a reason why you don't want to post every piece of work you've ever done. Is there any other reason that you don't want to do that, that you want to focus on your best pieces instead? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the main reason is the time issue. And Mm -hmm. and if someone lands on that page, you want them to immediately take away the best things about you. 
But I think also, you know, not all of your work is going to be your favorite work. Not all of it is going to be your best work. Some of it might have been while you were still learning, and so you were a little shaky on it. There's no reason to include those in your personal website. You really want to weed those out and show your strongest stuff. Okay. And then the third tip that you had mentioned in creating your personal website is that you want to include where you are around the web, but you want to avoid links that are totally unrelated to your job. So I was wondering, could you give us some examples of some good links that you would want to include and then maybe a few examples of some bad links that you would want to avoid? Absolutely. I mean, we all have such a presence around the web these days, and I think show up in so many places. And a personal website is a good place to kind of gather all of those different places as they're relevant to your professional self. So I think in terms of good links, you know, your LinkedIn profile, linking to a Twitter account if you use it as a professional account. If you're using it just to tweet pictures of your cat or about what you ate for breakfast, you should absolutely not link to it. If you have written you know, guest posts for blogs or are a writer, you should link to author pages or to articles that you've written. If you're an engineer or designer, you should link to your GitHub or your Behance profile. If any projects you've worked on are live on the web somewhere, maybe campaigns you helped produce or websites that you wrote the copy for, what may it be, you should link off to those. Or any places that maybe you've been interviewed or quoted as an expert. You know, I'll definitely be linking off to this podcast once it's live because it shows off my expertise. Right. And then the the fourth tip that I wanted to get into was another thing that you could include would be a professional blog. And then you had also mentioned you want to avoid having a blog that you haven't touched in two years. So what are some types of topics or ideas that people could use as far as topic ideas for their blog? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to vary a lot based on your career and, and what your expertise lies in, but there are so many broad topics that you can draw inspiration from. You know, you could use it to talk about projects you're working on, again, avoiding anything that's still kind of proprietary to your company. You could share lessons from a recent happening at your job. You could give your opinions on big things going on in your industry or give advice to others trying to break into the industry. There's a writing coach named Alexandra Franzen, who I really love, who has a post on 88 pieces of fill-in-the-blank inspiration when you don't know what to write about. Oh. I highly, highly recommend checking that out if you're not sure what to blog about. A couple favorites from that I'll share. X lessons that have changed the way I blank, which is a great way, again, for you to share lessons from how you've learned to do your job better. X people who have shaped and inspired the way that I blank. By calling out people who you admire, it can be a great way to get more traffic to your website because then you can vote it on Twitter and tag them and, and start creating a conversation around that. I also really love the idea of X things most people don't know about blank, which mm. you could talk about, you know, teach people something about your field that they might not know and show kind of your ability to, to be a leader in your field. But I think whatever you write about, you know, as long as it shows off your expertise and your thought leadership, it's going to be a great post. So then once you've thought of an idea for your blog and you're ready to go, how regularly should you be updating your blog? I advise at least two to three times a month, just okay. so someone coming to your site for the first time can see that it was updated somewhat recently. I think no matter what you do, as long as it's clear that you have kind of a regular schedule that someone could look back at the last two posts and see that they were, 
you know, one was posted this month and one was posted last month or what may it be, they can see that you're keeping up with it. And if it's a hard thing for you to carve time out for, I think a great way to do this is to just spend, you know, one Saturday or Sunday a month writing out all of your posts for the next month and then just kind of trickling them. Yeah, I think that's a great tip for people, especially who are thinking about, well, I need to update it several times a month. Instead, maybe just sit down and take the time to write several updates and then you can post them at the right time. So the professional blog is a great way to show off your skills. And then another way you can show off your experience is the next thing that you had mentioned, that you want to include testimonials that prove your worth and you want to avoid testimonials that just sound like you're bragging. So how can you make sure that testimonials from people you've worked with or worked for, how can you make sure that they don't sound fake or like you're bragging too much? Yeah. I mean, the big trick here is that you want the testimonials to be as specific as possible. And you don't want to include too many. You know, a page full of vague testimonials of different people saying, she's great, or Mm -hmm. he's the best person I've ever worked with, it's going to sound disingenuous. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound a little bit like you're bragging. And it won't really help the person reading your site learn any more about your specific skills or abilities. Do you want to choose, you know, a few well-respected people who you've worked very closely with and ask those people, you know, to be very specific, maybe mention to them specific skills you're trying to highlight and see if they could speak to those skills in some way, or just ask them to share, you know, a specific story or instance of your amazingness. And I think by Having those very, you know, having stories is better than just having, she's amazing. Right. So then when you're thinking about approaching people to ask them to write a testimonial for your professional blog or your professional website, what type of people should you be looking for? I know you had mentioned, you know, people that you've worked closely with. Are there any other characteristics that you should look for? I hate to say it, but if you can, this is a great place to almost name drop. So you should think about if anyone you've worked with has a name that people in the field would know or would really respect seeing that you have a relationship with that person and see if you can get them to contribute something. You know, it's always going to be nice to see your bosses or your immediate colleagues saying something nice, Mm -hmm. but the person reading your testimonial might not know these people. If they see a a testimonial from someone and they recognize, it almost is like a referral to them. And then the last component I wanted to cover for the personal blog is that you want to include you visualized, but you want to avoid clip art graphics. So why would you say that visuals like photos or logos are really important for a professional personal website? No, your resume or your LinkedIn profile or even your Twitter for that matter are often just pages full of text. Mm -hmm. You don't want your personal website just to be another page full of text. Adding visuals is going to help break that up. It's going to help make you know, your site more pleasant to view, easier to scan. And often visuals kind of make a bigger impression on people than text. Say a picture says a thousand words and it's such a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. They really can strike an emotional impact. So what type of images would you recommend using And where would you say that you can find them? I know it can be difficult for people to find good professional images that there aren't any copyright issues with, or maybe there are times when they need to be purchasing those images. So what would you recommend as far as going about looking for those photos? Absolutely. So if you want 
photos for your site. There are plenty of places where you can find beautiful ones that you know aren't going to have those copyright issues. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, you can find them for free. So Unsplash, Pick Jumbo, and Death to the Stock Photo are three resources that I really like for finding really beautiful, high-quality photos that you're allowed to use for whatever you want. Using those resources, I was able to find you know, a photo of a woman typing on a computer that both visually represented the writing work that I do and that matched my kind of aesthetic style. Also, depending on the service that you're using to build your personal website, there are sometimes options to integrate photos right from within that service often for cheaper than if you were to go to a stock photo company on your own. Um, for example, I use Squarespace, and I know that they have a deal with Getty Images where you can write within the Squarespace builder. You can search for stock photos from Getty and license them for a much, much more reduced price than you would be able to license them anywhere else. I think you've offered some really great practical tips and um, places that people can use as far as when they're developing their personal website. I wanted to give you the floor at the end here just to give the listeners any final words of advice. Maybe it's something you had mentioned briefly before or something maybe we didn't get to. As far as developing their personal website, what final message would you like to give them? Well, I have to use the floor for a, a brief personal pitch for the Muse. We actually recently launched a three-day email-based class on how to build a website um, that'll help you land a job which I think actually the class also very much applies to anyone trying to build a career-boosting website. And it'll walk you through how to develop what your personal brand is, how to actually you know, go from blank page to a beautiful website, and how to kind of promote it out into the world. So if you go to themuse.com and search create a website that will land you a job, you can join the fun. We'd love to have you try out the class. But kind of more broadly, you know, don't let all of this information scare you. I know it's a lot, especially if you are starting from zero. I know I kind of procrastinated and procrastinated starting my website for months just because it felt like this huge endeavor. Mm-hmm. But I think just getting something simple going is, is a great place to start, even if it's just that landing page with your you know, elevator pitch to start. And then you can always build on it later. Just as long as it looks professional and really kind of shows off the best of yourself, it can only help you move forward. And that will do it for us today on Technically Speaking. We've been speaking with Erin Greenewald on the topic of creating an impressive personal website. Thank you again for sharing your insight with our listeners today, Erin. Absolutely. I had a great time and I hope that your listeners really find this helpful. And we'd like to hear your opinions as well. Send your comments or suggestions for show ideas to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.